Man, I'm glad you're here. If this is your first time here, welcome to the Ruby, all right? Um, this is Ethos Church. This is one of our three campuses. This is the little baby. We're four years old, and uh, I'm Joshua. I'm the pastor here. And uh, to my friends that are back from Israel, welcome back on the second row right there. I'm um, glad you guys are back. Um, we've been in this series called Back to Basics. And so if you're new here, um, you're right on the tail end of it. And I'll do my best to give you the simplest overview of what we've been doing, all right? Um, so if you grew up going like, to like a traditional church setting, it's been a little different um, and a little similar, a little bit of both. But we've been in this series and we've been covering basic Christian practices, all right? And we're spending two weeks on each practice. We spend the first week answering the question of, oh, also, there's a white Honda in the parking lot and your trunk is sort of open, if you're cool, I'm cool. I'm just letting you know, someone showed me a photo, your trunk's open, all right? It's a good looking Honda, love the car, wish the trunk was closed for your own sake, all right? So if you got golf clubs or what else, towels, whatever goes in trunks, uh, go get it. Uh, all right, so uh, anyway, that was weird. So we've been in Back to Basics and uh, we've been covering these basic Christian practices two weeks. First week, we asked the question of why, right? So that's just to develop an understanding. Uh, what does the Bible say? What do Christians believe about it, right? So we've talked about prayer. We've talked about reading scripture. talked about worship, confession and repentance, Sabbath, serving. Now we're in community. And so that first week we go, hey, why do we do this? And so for some of us, we're relearning it. We grew up with it and we're learning about it for the, like, for the millionth time, but hopefully in a fresh way. And some of us, you're not really that familiar with church. And so this has been a great series because we're introducing a lot of things to you. But we don't just stay in the why, all right? The second week we talk about how. And the how, the point of that is to get extremely, almost mind-numbingly practical, all right? Because the goal of anything that Jesus says is not just that we hear it and go, good point. It's that we live into it, that we actually practice it, right? That we're not just hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word, right? This is, where, this is what Matthew 7 is about, where Jesus tells this story. And if you've been here every week, I'm gonna tell the same story that I've told every week, right? Kind of sets, sets the trajectory for us. So he tells this story in Matthew 7. There's two guys. They both hear Jesus say something. One person hears what Jesus says, maybe gives them a nod and does nothing. Jesus goes, the guy that hears me and doesn't do anything, doesn't put it into practice, he's like a guy who's building a house on sand, when storms come, it will not last. But the guy that hears me, follows me, puts what I say into practice, actually does them. He's like a guy building his house on, on solid rock that when a storm comes, surely that house will stand. And so I feel like God put this series on my heart because he wants this to be a church that stands on the solid rock of the word of Jesus. And we're not gonna do that unless we get practical. If I just get up here and talk at you, I found out these little nerdy statistics that tell me that uh, like there's like a 20% chance if all I do is say something to you that you'll remember it. But if we talk about it together, like a 70%. If you go and experience it, 80%. If you teach someone else, 90%. There's no 100, but if there was, that'd be the moment I'd really scream that part, uh, but there's not. So it's just teaching you like a 90% shot, all right? <laughs> all right, so um, we're gonna be discussing community. Um, last week, we, hold on, my note, I never fixed my notes. Give me just one second. I got really lost this morning, it was wild. Um, all right. So um, we're gonna be talking about community and how, all right? Last week, we talked about the why, uh, and it might sound weird that community would be a basic Christian practice, uh, but I believe that the scripture points to that, that God is a communal God, that he's made us with a desire for community. Jesus sets the precedent. He comes to earth. He immediately calls 12 people unto himself. He lives for three years in his primary ministry uh, in community, okay? But now we're talking about how, and I wanna just let you know I'm about to give you a lot of lists, 
okay? I am talking about something that has transformed my life and I'm very passionate about and excited about. And it kind of makes me sad that I'm gonna have to give you a lot of list, but it's because I don't know how else to talk about it than to go, here's some key things that have helped me do this, all right? So know that as we're in the middle of the list and you're starting to doze off because I keep coming at you with lists, this is something I really believe in. So if you need to stand up, all right? If you need to walk around while you're doing this, please do it. Stay engaged, because I believe everything I'm saying is really important. I believe that this has been used to change Countless lives, I was gonna give a dramatic number. Anyway, all right, so you saw on your seat when you came in, we got notes. Hey, uh, you would not believe how much work I went through to get you this piece of paper. I printed out 100 sheets and they all had a huge black mark on them, so I used a different printer and it came out and back to basics is sort of cut off, but all right, deal with it, it's free. So here you go, I think it's gonna be helpful. So take notes today, stay engaged, all right. I'm gonna break out some tools for you that I'm really excited about, anything else I have in my points. Tension point, lists are boring. That's one of the points that I was supposed to say to you today. So just know, it's gonna be boring. So I don't think it will be though. All right, so I wanna show you this tool and whoever's, who's doing slides? Do we, do we know who's doing slides? You got it, Sarah? Okay, um, all right, so go ahead and pull up that, uh, the triangle. All right, we're using the third shape out of the three shapes in the logo, all right? I'm very proud of that, that each of the shapes in our logo we've used to teach something. So I know you're not proud because I can see your faces right now, but I'm very proud. So using the triangle, all right? Um, this tool has been used to talk about the three primary relationships in Jesus's life. Next slide, Sarah. So um, this is really helpful. If, if shapes and simple words help you learn, this is perfect. It was perfect for me, okay? So um, this is used to talk about Jesus's three like points of emphasis while he was on earth. All right, so it starts with this simple word of up, which is really just talking about what it was like for Jesus to spend time with his father. So in Mark chapter one, before Jesus does one bit of ministry, at least recorded, he gets baptized and the father speaks and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, all right? Before Jesus has, has accomplished anything, God says, no, that's all of you now. Like, this is my son, this is my daughter in whom I'm pleased because you are, right? Really cool thing. And then he goes away for 40 days and he prays and he fasts. I don't know how he made it past six hours, but he made it 40 days and he prayed and he fasted and he spent time with the Father before beginning his ministry, really powerful. And then Luke 5, 16, which you've probably heard me reference a million times, it says that Jesus often would withdraw from ministry, from important things, he would withdraw to specifically desolate places to be alone with the Father. So over and over again, it's clear. Jesus cares about this, up life, life with God, up just for memory's sake, all right? Now moving forward to, to end life, okay? This is Jesus and community. So at the beginning of his ministry, what's he do? He calls 12 people to walk with him. They're not just people that listen to him preach. They are literally with him every day for three years. The one guy that could do this life alone chooses to set the precedent by calling 12 people around him to journey with him. So that's life in community, a community of like-minded people, I would add. A community of people that were in agreement, although all different life experiences, I'm sure all differences in beliefs, but they all agreed Jesus is who we're following. So a community of like-minded people. And then we have that outward, that awaken a movement. Um, that, that's that uh, idea of bringing heaven to earth. So in Matthew 6, when Jesus says, hey, when you pray, you pray like this, okay? Our Father who art in heaven, you know, you know that prayer? And he goes, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in where? Heaven, right? So that outpiece is Jesus's mission, his, his purpose to come to earth and to show earth what heaven is like, 
right? Like in, in heaven, they're, 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 everyone is equal. Everyone is loved. Everyone is seen as the image of God, right? And so Jesus displays that in his outlife, okay? So we're gonna use this tool that I think is super helpful for the individual. So it's just really good for you every now and then to go, man, this is what I ask myself, all right, because I've used this a lot, but how's my up life? How's my in life? How's my out life? Where I just think through, like, man, God, am I connected with you? Am I around people that are helping me love you and I'm helping, you lo- and I'm helping them love you? Man, am I like going, am I demonstrating your goodness to the world? Am I speaking your goodness with my lips? So anyway, we'll get into it. But today, we're not gonna use this in a solo way. We're gonna use this in regards to community, okay? Um, so I wanna start with up. So this is when we're gonna use our list, all right? All right, lean in, be engaged, because here it comes, okay? So I'm gonna talk about this tool uh, through the lens of community. I believe, oh, and by the way, we're talking about not how to get community, how to be in a community that's marked by Jesus. It's two different conversations, okay? We're not talking about like soft skills and how to make friends right now. That's an important conversation. It has its place. But right now, we are talking about how to exist in a community that is marked by Jesus, okay? How to live in a community that goes, we love God with all our hearts, souls, and minds. We are gonna make disciples. We're gonna go to the ends of the earth, okay? So anyway, it's like I prefaced a million times. Let me take a breath. You got, are we good? Am I going, are we good? We feel, all right. Give me a lot of head nods today. I'm insecure about these lists, okay? All right, so uh, don't laugh. That is not the way you treat someone confessing insecurity. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, um, so uh, let's talk about up life and community. So the first word I wanna use here is the word private, all right? I wanna talk about what it looks like in community to help one another cultivate intimacy with God on your own, okay? So how we together, how I, walking with Dawe, help Dawe pursue the Lord when he's by himself. All right, Matthew 6, verse six, it says, Jesus is talking. He goes, hey, when you pray, check this, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you. Jesus looks at his disciples and go, look, prayer is not a spectator sport. It's not just something we do together. When you're by yourself, go into the closet, close the door so that you can be sure it is just you and God and talk to God. Have a relationship, a living, active relationship with God. And your father, who is absolutely real, sees you, he will reward you. I love this about Jesus. He looks at his community and he goes, look, don't just pray when we're together. Like don't just worship when we're together. When you're alone, Get alone alone, like real alone, like awkwardly positioned in a small closet kind of alone and talk to your father. He will see you. He will reward you. I think for us in our communities, I think this can be a weird thing for some reason. This just doesn't feel very normal. Like when's the last time, and maybe this is very normal, and so you you can just tune out for the next 30 minutes. But if it's not normal, like when's the last time that you and your community, someone was like, hey man, how's, how's like walking with the Lord? It's like, How's your walk with the Lord? Chill out. Like, I'm doing me, I'm doing fine. I like to do my religion privately, all right? Like, isn't that a weird vibe? It's like, how's my walk with God? Like, what are you, you gonna write this down? Are you assessing me right now? Back off, you know what I mean? But I believe that there's a real potential here. What if communities like marked by Jesus were like, how's your walk with God? Do you know why I'm asking you? Because your walk with God is the thing. <laughs> like, if God's like real, it's everything. <laughs> like, you knowing him, all of it all-inclusive, anything, that it's all God. How's that going, right? And it's not like this like uh, legalistic, like, hey man, how's your walk with God? Hmm. 
You slacked off a little bit the past couple of days. Interesting. We'll take that note. We'll revisit this next week, right? That's not what's happening. It's in humility going, I think you're living your best life when you know God deeply. I think you're living your best life when you understand fully how in love with you God is. I think you're living your best life when, I, when you are loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. How's prayer been? It's asking and it's sharing. We're not just asking each other, but we're sharing. When you have a God moment, like when you're praying and God speaks to you, share that. Like tell people. Like when God is doing something in your life, make it a normalcy to share that with your community, all right? And what you are inevitably gonna feel if this doesn't already exist, is an awkward vibe, all right? But I believe the pathway to organic vibe is awkward, all right? You gotta get, you gotta take a little exit, stop it awkward for a little bit, and you're gonna be on your way to organic. But I think you gotta embrace that, all right? So if it feels weird, join the club. But I promise you, you practice this regularly, you practice speaking about God, sharing what you're hearing, sharing what you're experiencing in your walk with the Lord and asking your friends, it will feel organic. And I'm telling you, it will feel powerful. But it's not just prayer life, right? It's, it's scripture. Like, man, what have you been reading the word lately? What's God been speaking to you? My friends know, first, and I'm not setting myself as a standard. Please know, like God is, is gut checking me on all of this. But my friends know, 1 Timothy 6, 6, man, that is on my heart. Contentment plus godliness, because I've been telling them. Too much, that's the thing. It's like, I'm just telling them because I've had guys that I've trust and look up to that always tell me like what God's been speaking to them in scripture. And you know what? There's a moment where you start feeling guilty. You're like, man, I haven't been reading like that. I don't hear from God like that. You know what I'm saying? But if you like, don't let the enemy have his foothold in your life and like create weird shame and embarrassment, but take it for what it is. The life brings word, or the life brings word. And also the word brings life. It's pretty crazy how that works. Uh, the, the word brings life. So don't hesitate to talk about it. It's okay if it feels weird, work through it. You're asking questions, you're wrestling with the text, let's talk about it. Let's go to Google and hopefully some other better resources than Google. I mean to reference that. All right, um, also worship, all right? Worship is another place. The reason I know worship is so powerful on a private level, when it's just me, is because I have friends that were willing to share with me that when they had to meet a deadline, they were trying to fundraise a lot of money and they were really short the day before it was due. He told me, I went on a walk and I worshiped the Lord. I was like, what are you talking about? You didn't pray or have a panic attack or like go vent to somebody or go knocking on doors begging for money. You took a walk and worshiped. What is that? Like, right? But, but I learned that from him. And so what have I done? I've started to try that. Like, what if I just worshiped the name of the Lord and trusted him in times where anxiety is trying to grip me, right? It's like, it's because people shared, right? It's because people told me about their experience. So I would encourage this in community. That's how we get better. Like if something's impacting you, if you had a heck of a worship session last night, like share that with your friends. All right, I think you get it. I'm already going horse. Not gonna be good. All right, community should help one another cultivate a healthy living relationship with God. This should be a thing uh, that exists. Uh, do I have anything else? Oh no, it's, that comes next. Okay, let's move into public, all right? Sometimes I've... I've uh, been talking to friends and they like have a group of friends and they're like, yeah, you know, the other night we just kind of had a worship night. It was like hanging out, just like decided just to sing and worship and pray. I'm like, who are you? Like, what are you doing? Who does that? You know what I mean? Like at one point I remember that feeling so foreign, but I feel like as I've matured and been around guys that are far more mature than me, I've learned that there is no better people to worship with than the people you love being with. 
And you don't have to be in the house church setting or the Sunday church setting to worship God together. This hit me at the 9 a.m., blew my mind. Prayer is this like endless resource, resource of talking to God on behalf of each other is forever available. Have you ever been prayed for and been encouraged? Have you ever had a moment where someone started praying for you and they said something and it clicked and if you haven't, this is gonna happen, all right? But if you've had it, you know what that's like. I think there's something so powerful when just friends in the middle of the day go, man, I'm really stressed. Let's stop and pray. Like hand on shoulder in a non-awkward way, I'm just gonna pray and I'm gonna listen. God, is there anything you wanna encourage my brother or my sister about? If I don't hear anything, that's pretty normal. I'm just gonna pray over them. Like that is always available. And I think that, that taking our walk with God into the public sphere, and all I mean by public is when it's just not you, right? There's just you and someone else at least. Worshiping God together, praying together, reading scripture together, wrestling with scripture together, asking good questions, right? This is where confession, by the way, prayer, Bible, and confession, it's all on the podcast. We talked about all of this at length. But, but this is where we confess and repent together. Have you ever asked someone like, man, is the enemy tempting you anywhere? Like, are, are you tempted by sin anywhere? If someone asked you that, like you're just like driving to Chipotle and someone like just pulls out that question, do you know how weird that sounds? But isn't it kind of weird that that sounds weird? Like Ephesians 6 is like, man, our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against the heavenly realm, spiritual authorities of darkness. Scripture is not low key. It says the enemy, he exists for three reasons, steal, kill, destroy. And we don't want to check in on that. You don't want to know how your brother's doing. None of us have been tempted every single day of every day of our life, right? Like, I think this is a weird thing that we've done. We've like kept temptation and darkness and sin over here to battle with on our own. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I believe there's so much power in front of us if we'll just be like, hey, how can I pray for you? Where's worry creeping up? Where's anxiety? Where's greed? Where's lust? Where's God's? Is there unforgiveness in your heart? Let's hash this thing out. Jesus promises us freedom but darkness will not flee unless light enters darkness. And I believe speaking it out loud is how we get light into darkness. Does that make sense? All right, so I believe that privately we help each other. We check in. How's life with God? Why? Because it matters. I'm not judging you. I want you to know God. Like, it's awesome. He loves you, right? And then publicly, let's do this together. This is how we grow. It's so powerful. This has changed my life. All right. All right, moving in to the end portion, all right? Um, breaking down these words into play and purpose, okay? Play and purpose. I know play is a cheesy word, but it starts with a P as does purpose, so I had to do it. Okay, play, all right? This can be organized or spontaneous, but I wanna say this, all right? Christian communities can sometimes be low-key known for only knowing how to do prayer requests and talk about scripture. Let me tell you something. Prayer requests and scripture, amazing starting points, Not demeaning that at all. But if we don't know how to have fun together, laugh together, be ourselves, cut loose together, I think our ceiling, I was gonna say our ceiling for how deep we can go, but that wouldn't be a ceiling. So how deep we can go is limited, all right? Does this make sense? So if we can't play together and have fun together, I don't think we can go as deep, all right? I think sometimes Christian communities, we can be so focused on like what we're not doing which isn't a bad thing, right? We wanna be set apart from the world, but we forget what's available to us, right? And so I'm about to give you a list of fun things. And I know you're not stupid. I know you're not. I know you know how to have fun, but I'm gonna give you this list and you can roll your eyes. Here you go. Hopefully this helps you. So how to have fun, all right? All right. Um, 
But just like, if you're going, man, I got a good Christian community. They're awesome. But I'll be honest, if all we ever do is hang out on Wednesdays at seven and ask questions about scripture and confess, I don't see this thing having a long lifespan. I would say that makes sense. I don't think Jesus only taught scripture when he was with his disciples, okay? And so, ideas for having fun. All right, you ready? Here it goes. Write these down if you like them. I feel so vulnerable. Um, All right, Um, go on hikes. Go on long drives if you drive a hybrid, all right? Be conscious. Don't be selfish with the environment. We have to breathe the air too. I'm just kidding. Um, All right, hikes, go on drives. Go to shows. There's like a million a day in Nashville. Go do that. Do yoga if you do that. Workout classes. Shout out ClassPass. My wife loves ClassPass with all of her heart. Um, So ClassPass is amazing. It's a good deal too. We can talk about it later. Come see me. Um, Come see Leah. Host parties together. Um, Now, in the non-cheesiest way, holy parties, all right? Like, keep it good, all right? Keep it above reproach. But have parties, like, have fun. Don't just do engagement parties. The other day, I thought of an idea. Like, what if we all had a party and we came dressed as our most awkward middle school self? That'd be awesome. I'd have an American Eagle polo tucked into jeans with a belt buckle that said cash on it. That's a true story. And I'd be wearing Etni shoes. Those are skateboarding shoes. And I'd have a fro and braces. Would that party not be fun? All right, I didn't think so. But anyway, you should have a party and make it more fun than that one. All right, um, go to movies, play sports, watch sports, play board games, do puzzles if that's your thing. It actually is my thing. All right, uh, bonfires, porch hangs. Me and Dawei love some porch hangs. The sun setting, he's got a second floor porch. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. Go to the park. I have written down for point number 16. We're already at 16. I had the word arts because I don't know a lot about it, but I know people love art. So wherever you go to do art, go there together, man. Golly. Play video games if you're still there. Um, engage with the city. Uh, do new things and events. Our city is amazing. There is always new things going on. Um, is Doug Webster here? I thought I saw him. I don't see him. Anyway, there's a guy named Doug. He goes to our church. He does so much stuff in the city. He like always knows what's going on. I don't know if there's a website or what, but plug into our city. There are so many cool things happening in Nashville right now. So if you aren't having fun and laughing together, I really would encourage you to examine that and switch it up. Like do something fun. If you can't laugh together, I don't think you can go that deep together. Like you gotta see each other be nerdy and weird and stupid and goofy to be able to like go deep. I just get quiet. All right, so let's move into purpose, all right? So purpose is is not the opposite of play. I'm not saying play is not purposeful. Um, So we're gonna use purpose a little different compared to the other five, all right? Purpose is more understanding and being aware of the balance of your community, okay? And what I mean by that is going, stepping back and going, how often are we playing, just kicking it, having fun, versus how often are we actually like pursuing the kingdom of God together, right? Not even actually, all right? I'm just trying to say play fits into all of that, but it's going, hey, are we making disciples, all right? Are we pursuing God together? Are we helping each other be holy? Are we helping each other go in the Lord? It's going, how often, right? So I've looked at my friend group at one point and went, man, we are dominating playtime. I didn't say that when I thought of it though. I said, we're dominating having a great time together. We're taking late night trips. We're pulling pranks. We're saying stupid jokes, but we all think they're funny. We're killing it. But we're not really helping each other love God. And this is gonna be a heart check moment. You have to ask yourself, do you believe a community that loves God with all its heart, soul, and mind is a better community. I believe that it absolutely is. And so when I step back and look at my community and go, man, we're killing it on the fun side, there's some places we need to grow in helping each other love God, 
right? That's a good thing. I didn't just say, we're having fun, I need to make this more boring. That's not what I said. And I don't believe that's what's happening. I said, we're having a lot of fun and I need to help us grow in our love for God. That's the best life, I truly believe that. So purpose is stepping back and going, man, how is the balance? How are we doing it, connecting just as friends on the shallowest level, and also how are we helping each other love God? Does that make sense, all right? All right, on to the last one. Um, There we go, all right, out life. This is that awakening movement, all right? Living out God's goodness and the realities of heaven on earth. Broken these up into two words, demonstrate and declare, okay? Um, So let's start with demonstrate. Demonstrate, think of hands and feet, like just the hands and feet of Jesus. Think about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Think about the Acts Church, sharing and giving to anyone who had need. Think about Matthew 25. When you saw me naked, you clothed me. When you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you saw me thirsty, you gave me water to drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. Think about that, that passage. It's the hands and feet of Jesus. We as communities can do this together, demonstrating the love of God. A few things that I wrote down. Helping getting to, or getting to know your neighbors, connecting with your community in Nashville. I, my biggest piece of encouragement here is pick one spot that you just wanna pour out the love of Jesus together and just go for it. Ideally, it's like close to where you are locally, but anywhere is fine. But just going, God, is there a place where this community can be your hands and feet? Listen, go for it. I think choosing like one thing is typically better, one or two things, because you don't spread yourself thin and do an average job at 10 things, right? You can do one or two things really well, cultivate relationship over the long term. Um, But I would just encourage you to ask, like, God, what have you done? A few ideas, volunteer at church together, volunteer at Aiken Elementary back here, get to know your neighbors, help meet family needs, help people move, Um, invite people to come hang with your squad. If you notice, (laughs) I actually typed out squad, which is so nerdy. Um, But if you you see people that look, that feel excluded, like, be inclusive. Like show them the inclusive love of Jesus. Invite them in, like be a part of that. Um, Take the posture of Jesus the servant. He loved others as he loved himself. He washed feet, he dignified people, he included people, okay? Now for those that are feeling attention right here where you're going, I'm already kind of set in my community, so I'm not really in like an invitational mode, okay? You have permission to have your Peter, James, and John. Jesus did, right? In the moment in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus is having a really intense moment and he invites Peter, James, and John to come a little closer, leaves the other nine behind. In my head, it'd be funny if that was like awkward. If like Andrew was like, did you say my name too? Or just them three? So you want me to, okay, I'll just stay here and then you guys, that looks important. So I'll be the leader of this though because that means I'm important and they're important. You know what I mean? Like that really awkward moment. But Jesus does this. He takes Peter, James, and John and when they're distanced from their group, he says, I'm distressed to the point of death. That's when he says it. Only three people hear that happen which is pretty powerful, right? So it's okay if you go, I got my best friends, I'm not looking to change that. That's great, that's fine, right? It's also okay to have your like regular community. Jesus had his 12, right? He, he didn't apologize for that. When he fed 5,000, he didn't invite them all to stay in his small group, right? Like he took his 12 and they kept going. That's okay. I think what's important here when we're talking about demonstrating the love of God is the posture of our hearts. It's open hands to his Holy Spirit. God is taking care of everybody. He needs his church, but he needs his church to be aware and listen for the Holy Spirit because there will be ebbs and flows of people that he is going to bring in your life and you will bless them like via the Holy Spirit. And so I think open hands is important here, okay? We're not trying to change your whole friend group. Don't freak out. All right, demonstrate. Moving forward, declare. 
There's this quote that says, preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. And it's one of those quotes that you hear that and you're like, mm, we could use some of that in our culture. We need more of that, right? Like, I just wanna live into it. Don't talk so much. Just like show the love of the gospel so hard that 4,000 people come to believe in Jesus because of how you help someone cross the street or something weird like that, you know? It's like it's a really powerful quote, right? But the problem is Jesus used his words, and someone wrote them down, and that was very helpful, right? Like, words are amazing, and we need to be using our words. And so, as a community, helping each other declare the goodness of God to one another and to those outside of our people, like outside of our regular community. This is explicitly helping people make disciples. Our communities, marked by Jesus, should be disciple-making communities, aka helping others know Jesus, Jesus, I don't know what you come in thinking about Jesus. Jesus is incredible. He is life, life abundantly. He is forgiveness, he is grace, he is redemption. And as communities of Jesus, it is on us, not in a burdensome way, but in a healthy way, it's on us to help others get to know God. And if the communities of God are not helping each other, help others know God, who is doing it? <laughs> It's no one, it, it, it bottoms out, we don't do well there, all right? So in our communities, we need to be a people that help each other help others know Jesus, and we do that explicitly. Luke 10, Jesus sends out people on mission, and he doesn't go, hey, go knock on doors and find a really subtle, sneaky way to tell them that the King of Kings is here, all right? He goes, knock on doors, declare who you are. If they receive you, stay with them. If they don't, move on right? So I don't think we have to be like sneaky, like ninjas with the gospel. We help each other name who Jesus is to us, name what it's like to love God with each other and with others, okay? This is that declare peace. All right, a few more practical things, and then we're going to do participation. I know you were all waiting for that part, so here we go. A few practical things, okay? Um, if you're here and you're going, I have friends, I can 1,000% guarantee we are doing none of this. That is okay, that is normal. I've got a few options for you, all right? Three doors. Door number one, have a DTR with that friend group and simply pose, I'm serious, pose the question, I'm trying to go after Jesus. Would you guys be willing to do that together? We're gonna keep having fun, but I wanna be more intentional about pursuing Jesus in community. Ask them, right? Like, that might feel weird, but like, you remember that saying, you're the, you're the average of your five closest friends? It's like, you need your closest friends to be going after the Lord if you're wanting to go after the Lord. And so present them with the opportunity. Do you guys wanna go in together, right? All right, so that's one. Number two, keep your friends, but if you're scared to say that to them, also maybe plug into another community that's going after Jesus, all right? I would really consider that. If you have a group of friends and they're just not going after God at all and they don't want to, you should be around some people that are. It's just gonna help you. It's, it's life-changing. Number three, if you don't want to leave your friend group, but they're only to your detriment, have a hard combo with God and yourself and consider leaving that friend group. And I don't mean that in a cold way. If you, hear what, if you hear me and you think I'm saying, don't hang out with people that don't know God, that is the opposite of what I'm saying, okay? What I am saying is that who you most regularly hang out with, who are shaping your life, are pulling you away from loving God, are pulling you away from living like Jesus, you need to consider getting a distance there, okay? Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel it too. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, either we're bored or that was a hard word, but we're good. Um, okay, so if you don't have friends, um, which is totally normal in a city like Nashville, at any point, your friends have moved or you've just gotten here or it's just, it's literally everywhere. So plug in, right? Join a grow class. They're happening all summer, ethoschurch.org. Join a house church in the fall. 
volunteer. That'll naturally get you around people. Also, our city does crazy stuff like volleyball leagues and Dungeons and Dragons. That's a thing that exists, not just with, not just with Jenna in the back, but, but I literally said that. You were the reason I said it. And then a guy came up to me after and was like, I'm in a Dungeons and Dragons thing. I'm like, I know, I know three of you now. So anyway, there's a lot of places of community that people are regularly plugged in, but I would encourage you to get to know your city. Like where are places that you can go and find community, right? Plug in, all right. Sorry for icing you, that was pretty tough. All right, so... In all of this, be patient and be persistent, okay? Be patient. It is okay when this doesn't work out immediately. I feel like Leah and I, we, we like kind of waded through like trying to find mutual friends for like, honestly, years. And I feel like God's brought that to us, but that took a while. And so there's no predicting that. I think I was in Nashville two or three years before I really felt like I was in my groove. And so if you feel lonely and you've tried a lot, keep trying. Keep trying and then pray for it and God will bring it. All right, so... That's it, that's the list. Um, and now I'm gonna give us time to dream, okay? And, and just kind of reflect on our own. So I've given you these sheets. And if you wanna do this with someone you came with, please do it. But if you wanna do this on your own, that's also great. We're not gonna circle up like we normally do because I want you to be able to think about your own communities, all right, in a productive manner. So I wanna invite you to take what we've talked about and I want you to identify one to three of the areas that you feel like your group is doing really well, right? Like just where are you strong and then also write down, like, why do you know that? So you might go, oh, we're really strong in, like, the public sphere, like, going after God. But then you'll start writing down why, and you'll go, actually, I don't think we really are. I just always kind of thought we were, right? And so write it down, process it. Why are you strong there? And then also take time to write down one to three areas where you go, man, we're not strong here. And then take time to pray and imagine, God, what could it look like? What's a natural next step to help our communities take a step here, all right? Now listen, one of the tensions I feel, there's just so much baggage on this community word and, and what it looks like to be Christians in community. And I just really invite you to pray, to imagine with God, dream with him, all right? He'll give you some good stuff. So um, for the next like 10 minutes, we're gonna do this. So think about it. Three areas that you feel like you're, one to three where you're strong, one to three where you're weak, and then pray, God, what's the next step that I can take? And then we'll take communion together, okay? Does that make sense? If you need to walk around, if you need to go outside, it's a living room. It's, your, it's, it's uh, whatever you want. So let's do it.